This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Cardi B is pregnant and she's still trying to go on tour. Is she really? Yeah, it hasn't been confirmed, but basically TMZ, I think someone leaked a report to TMZ saying she was pregnant and there was some evidence, like she had like a slight baby bump, so I think she's pregnant, put it like that. Well, I mean, you know, that's how... That's what happens, you know, that's how yeah. biology works. Well, Pretty guys, much. welcome back to Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. It looks like those two mics are kissing. This is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill and Alyssa Fuchs, and we are back for another action-packed week. But forget about those two. Let's talk about me. Do you like me? Not you really. On Facebook Live. <laughs> Do you like me? Well, no. follow me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. Follow me on Instagram at Stan Fritz. You can add me on Facebook at Stanley Fritz. And I deleted Snapchat because Rihanna said throw the whole app away. So we don't do that no more. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I did. Okay, so well, I don't know why Stanley just always cuts ahead of me. Welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk politics, social issues, and foreign policy. That's trash. From a diverse millennial perspective, what's trash about that? The way you said it. Anyway... <laughs> So welcome to the show, guys. My name is Selena Hill, and on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Miss Selena Hill. And of course, it's spelled with an M as Happy Sunday. I'm very happy to be here. Happy Palm Sunday to anyone who's listening from Brother Dalton and happened to just be rolling over after Brother Dalton's show earlier this Sunday. So, Alyssa? Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Alyssa Fuchs as I uh, weirdly watch myself on Facebook Live uh, and try and figure out if you can see me um, <laughs> on the video. And, of course, ironically enough, today we are talking about whether or not we should delete Facebook on yep. Facebook. Um, so make sure you tune in on Facebook to hear our conversation <laughs> about Facebook. Um, and speaking of Facebook, you can find me on Facebook at Facebook.com <laughs> slash Alyssa Fuchs, which is with an I, uh, because I have not deleted my account. Um, or you can find me uh, on the fan page um, which is facebook.com slash politically preposterous um, you know and if I decide to delete my account uh, which I probably won't then you'll be able to find me on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs also with an I or at poll preposterous on Twitter and of course at let your voice be heard yeah so Alyssa basically teased the topic we're going to be digging into today it's should we delete Facebook is it time to delete Facebook so obviously We've been following the massive data breach, which pretty much opened our eyes to how big businesses like Facebook use our data uh, and then sell it off to companies that happen to be supporting Trump. Right. So we're going to talk about that. We definitely want to get your reaction to the story. We want to we want to talk about if you're actually considering deleting Facebook. So call us up at 212-650-6903. You can also leave a comment on Facebook if you haven't pressed the delete button yet. At Let Your Voice Be Heard. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard. So we're streaming there on Facebook now. But before we start talking about Facebook, there's a lot of other news stories we're going to be talking about. For instance, the March for Our Lives is yesterday. Killer Mike went off of defending the NRA. So we're uh. going to talk about that. And speaking of um, people who've died, you know, uh, we're going to talk about Stephen Clark. A huge, huge protest going on in Sacramento um, after his shooting. I mean, yeah, after his shooting at the hands of police. So we're going to talk about that and some other things. And, of course, you can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. Let your voice be heard there. Hashtag BeHeard radio. So, again, welcome <laughs> to the show, guys. What was that, Selena? We're going to go on a quick break. Selena's rusty, even though she was here last week. I'm Stanley. I was waiting for your cue, which I never got. Yeah, this is no cue. You keep talking. <laughs> See? <laughs> All this, right. This is why I'm okay. a rock star of the show. 
Cause you say it's better than Tennessee. You cracking, man. Stanley, you can barely I, hit that note. Yeah, I can almost, definitely almost, hit that weekend watch. I only hear you. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. This is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill and, of course, Alyssa Mother Loving Fuchs. If you don't like her last name, then you can few me later. Mm, bars. <laughs> I don't know Whatever. what that. <laughs> Yo, I'm tired of you hating on me, Selena. Silly, that made no sense. Why did it make no hey, sense? Does bars rhyme with bars? Does bar rhyme with bars? Bars rhyme. Does bars rhyme with bars? Because somebody's gonna rhyme that, even yeah. though it's the same oh, word. Oh God! Did be you like, guys see yeah, that? I had the killer rhyme. They definitely <laughs> did. So, guys, listen. Before we get into the main subject, which is Facebook and why you may or may not want to delete them, I'm probably not gonna, gonna delete the app. I'm not gonna lie to you. We have a lot of news, and how do we talk about the news? Well, the news roundup. It's where we talk about things that made us laugh, cry, curse, flip a table, or maybe even just cat daddy. And before we get to more important news, I have the most important news. The breaking news. Wendy's dropped the mixtape. It's called We Got Beef against McDonald's and Burger King. And if you're wondering, yes, I will be playing a song from that track. That's right. And it is lit. It is five tracks of Dylon. Uh, Are you serious? Beef themselves all out of business so we can have less multinational corporations that pay people like minimum wage. I am all for overthrowing capitalism, but listen. Wendy's barred McDonald's up. McDonald's has until Tuesday to respond. Well, you listen, you know what? I want to see barred up. I want to see uh, Donald Trump hold and on, Joe hold Biden go. Before at we it. even get to that, shout out to Wendy's. Whoever's on their marketing team, I don't know if they're a hip hop head, they're a millennial, they're young. Like, this to me, great marketing. Like, so shout out to that. Stanley, definitely looking forward to hearing some of those tracks. But yes, now we can move over Trump versus Biden. So, as Alyssa was saying, Biden. You know, he gave a speech and he said that um, if he was in high school, he would have beat up Donald Trump over the salacious comments he made about grabbing women's vaginas. I mean, to me, it sounded like a That's legitimate like the, charge. The nicest way to put that. Right. Uh, the salacious comments he made <laughs> over grabbing women's vaginas. I mean, Joe Biden shouldn't be talking. He's pretty grabby himself. Have really? you seen him when he's like confirming senators, like grabbing on people's shoulders well, and rubbing their backs? L- I no, mean, I haven't seen him. Still, you do the same thing. No, I, no. Joe Biden's at a different level. Like, listen. Okay. So from a purely like, I don't know, pay-per-view point of view, I would love to see the two of them get in the ring, like celebrity deathmatch style. <laughs> Oh, oh my I god. Think that would be really really great. I However, can't. from the actual political perspective, I think that, you know, Stanley, you have like sort of have it right in some ways because a lot of people have been saying that um, you know, Joe Biden was very much part of uh, you know, like that group of people that was not particularly the uh, grabby gang uh, uh, well not just the grabby gang but also like pretty much ignored women who came out and said me too like back way back before we had a me too movement and you know sort of so that has been a criticism um, along with his own grabby nature that said (laughs) um, you know I put like a hundred dollars on Joe Biden knocking Donald Trump out in like three punches or less do do we really want to see two saggy white men in a ring fighting I'm not really interested in that they're mad washed they're gonna get like half a punch before they sit down and start pontificating I just think I want to see Donald Trump get knocked out by somebody if I want to see lots of people get knocked out. Donald Trump is not one of them. Well, Paul. that that is just disclaimer. That was not a threat against no, no, our no, president. No, not no, not no. at all. I'm just saying, if it happened, I wouldn't <laughs> be upset. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, just wanted to. So, <laughs> speaking. You, you know what I want to see more of? Actually, what? you know what? I'm not even gonna like tell you. 
I'm going to let you hear it. All right. So stay tuned for this, guys. What you just heard was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s granddaughter. It ain't even been that long. Yep. His granddaughter giving a speech at the March for Our Lives protest. She's about seven years old and about two inches taller than Selena. <laughs> and she's already about this action. <laughs> I love it. Thoughts, guys. Yeah, so March for Our Lives. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people congregated in March, uh, Washington, D.C. last night, yesterday. And they were, um, actually, it was like a global movement. People were rallying here in New York City, it's California. And basically, they're just uh, speaking up for um, gun reform. We need gun control. Why? Because, um, j- like, after the mass shooting we had, uh, in Parkland um, on February 14th. I think there were like two other shootings in high schools. Like the gun problem that we have in America is clearly an epidemic. It's clearly uncontrollable. And basically they're saying this, the student activists that led this March, they're saying if politicians do not represent the needs, the wants and the interests of the people come November, they're going to get out of here. You know what, Selena? I have a lot of like conflicting feelings about this whole ordeal. But before we get there, I do want to share something that was very powerful to me. I don't know if you guys were able to watch the march or participate, but a young woman by the name of, by the name of Emma Gonzalez, um, she's really just, you know, she's caught me and yeah, I think a lot of us by storm. So yeah. I'm going to play some of her speech from yesterday. Six minutes and about 20 seconds. In a little over six minutes, 17 of our friends were taken from us, 15 were injured, and everyone, absolutely everyone, in the Douglas community was forever altered. Everyone who is there understands. Everyone who has been touched by the cold grip of gun violence understands. For us, long, tearful, chaotic hours in the scorching afternoon sun were spent not knowing. No one understood the extent of what had happened. No one could believe that there were bodies in that building waiting to be identified for over a day. No one knew that the people who were missing had stopped breathing long before any of us had even known that a code red had been called. No one could comprehend the devastating aftermath or how far this would reach or where this would go. For those who still can't comprehend because they refused to, I'll tell you where it went right into the ground, six feet deep. Six minutes and 20 seconds with an AR-15, and my friend Carmen would never complain to me about piano practice. Aaron Feist would never call Kira Miss Sunshine. Alex Schachter would never walk into school with his brother Ryan. Scott Beagle would never joke around with Cameron at camp. Helena Ramsey would never hang out after school with Max. Gina Montalto would never wave to her friend Liam at lunch. Joaquin Oliver would never play basketball with Sam or Dylan. Elena Petty would never. Carol Lugren would never. Chris Hickson would never. Luke Hoyer would never. Marquine Duque Aguiano would never. Peter Wang would never. Alyssa Alhadaf would never. Jamie Guttenberg would never. Meadow Paul. 
as you can see, it's a very powerful speech. And if you have not watched it, please make sure you do. If you're listening to the podcast, we will include the link to watch that speech in um in our post-production link. So you can always check that out there or on Twitter if you follow us on Twitter. Alyssa? Yeah, I mean, listen, just listening to that speech gave me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at the uh, March for Life here in New York yesterday. It was extremely empowering. It was extremely moving. Um, you know, also, uh, uh, Paul McCartney marched here in New York. Um, he said, uh, I'm marching for my best friend who was also killed by gun violence. Um, he was obviously talking about John Lennon. Um, and we were marching on Central Park West, not merely more than one block away from the Dakota where John Lennon was shot and killed. Um, in addition, Stephen Clark, who I know we're going to talk about in a second, his mother marched um, for him. And there was a lot of people I saw out, at least in New York City yesterday, marching with Black Lives Matter signs. Uh, um, and it was just, it was really moving i know stanley wants to make a comment about the inclusiveness and his conflicted feelings but before we do that i just wanted to say that we are getting a comment on facebook from callie mckenzie jane who said after that silence when her alarm went off i was sobbing yeah absolutely i mean those were powerful words this is such a powerful demonstration that is just taking the world by storm and one of the things that i commend these student activists from parkland for the most is the fact that they have said and they're using their white privilege to speak out for the black and brown bodies who are continually gunned down either by police officers or simply because they live in gang-infested, drug-infested communities, but they are neglected. They have historically been uh, neglected from news news coverage. They don't get national press the way that these Parkland students do. Uh, They don't get the same platforms. But you've had activists... Um, who have dedicated their lives to stopping gun violence in communities like Chicago and Harlem and the Bronx. And they, too, haven't been getting that recognition. So shout out to the Parkland activists who are extremely aware and hypersensitive to how, um, because they're white and because they come from affluent neighborhoods, they actually lived in um, Parkland. The school that they actually come from was um, called, like, one of the safest communities in Florida. And something like this happened. And they're like, but you know what? This happens every single day across the nation to people who are darker than us. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because you know what? I'm I don't I put no blame on these kids. They are just reacting in the most amazing way to the most horrible thing that could have possibly happened to them. I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at everyone else. And that's that's where we have an issue here. So for example, Robert Kraft, um, for those of you who don't know, he is the owner of the New England Patriots, a football team. He donated his jet so that people could fly from New England to the actual march. Robert Kraft is one of the 30 plus owners in the NFL who has blackballed Colin Kaepernick for pretty much protesting the same thing by kneeling. Ariana Grande, who was not only tweeted out in support of the March for Our Lives, but also used a hashtag and donated money. You know what she said in 2014 about Black Lives Matter? hashtags don't fix anything oprah who has never given a dime or even a second glance to the black lives matter movement gave a half a million dollars to the march for our lives george namal cloning a half a million dollars for the march for our lives you have elected officials you have performers you have high profile people putting all their time and energy into these kids meanwhile there's a kid in troy new york right now getting shot by a cop and no one's gonna give a damn And there's a kid in Buffalo right now who's going to get shot because legal guns came to Buffalo from Virginia with the gun laws a week and no one's going to give a damn. And then when these kids make noise like they're doing about Stephen Clark's death, you know what they're going to say to us? Why don't you worry about black on black crime? So I am 
ecstatic about what these kids are doing. I am furious about what the institution of whiteness, what our elected officials, what these half-assed politicians and everyone else out here who was so quiet when Trayvon Martin died, when Michael Brown died, when Jordan Crawford died, when Rakia Boyd died, how they were so silent and all of a sudden they're so proud and they're so active. And, you know, as much as I try to be quiet about it, I cannot because people are dying and no one cares. No, I think that's absolutely fair comment. Um, I will say, you know, I do hope um, from the overall bigger picture that some of this money that is going to the, the Parkland kid and to March for Our Lives works to overall fix the gun violence problem we have in this country. And that and that money, I mean, that's your cynical view. I said yeah. I am going to try and it's be It's not hopeful. my cynical view. Listen, it's my childhood. Listen, I am going to that may be true, but I am going to try and be hopeful that some of that money will go to fix the overall gun violence problem in this country and that it will not be for nothing. I am also hopeful that the movement is being led not by a white woman, but by a young Hispanic queer woman of color who is Emma Gonzalez. Um, Stanley mentioned Stephen Clark. I wanted to spend some time there. Um, again, he is the 22-year-old father of two who was shot over 20 times in his own backyard last Sunday in Sacramento. Since then, there has been outrage across the country. Uh, Sacramento protesters, they came out in droves. They actually delayed an NBA game there um, earlier last week. And they're basically saying black lives still matter and and we definitely need more national spotlight and more momentum behind protecting black and brown black, black and brown bodies, particularly from police. And now the, the videos of the police officers actually came out. I want to get you guys' reaction on that because in the video, which they released ahead of time, uh, you see this white officer screaming, gun, gun, gun. And then they just let off all of these, all of these rounds of shots, uh, thinking that Stephen had a gun in his hand or, or a toolbar when in actuality he was holding his cell phone and then they even delayed giving him medical care stanley what, what else is new this this is this is this happens all the time everywhere i'm not surprised about it i'll be surprised if the police officers are held accountable for anything there was a cop in ohio who shot a, a college student and and the judge indicted him and, and sent them on to trial they had two mistrials and then the man sued the college for the loss the back pay that he got and he won because of all the pain and suffering he had for killing an unarmed black person. I won't be surprised if these two cops get off as well because there just doesn't seem to be any consequences when you have black or brown skin. I mean, listen, I won't see, I, I, I'll agree with you there. I won't be surprised either. I haven't seen the video of the shooting. I, you know, given that this is what I do for a living in that I do, I'm a civil rights lawyer and I do um, police misconduct actions against police officers. Um, I very rarely actually watch videos from national televised um, police incidents because it's just like I spend all day at work watching these. I've seen the videos like sort of this falls along. I mean, it's like, it's a, it's not necessarily a good thing, um, but I've you know it's like to me it's like Stanley just said like you see one video you've seen all the videos right um, and so you know I don't need to watch the video to know what happened mm. um, is kind of what I'm getting at um, I, I I do hope that officers are held accountable there will be an investigation but as we have seen multiple times in the past 
We know that lots and lots of police officers walk free when they commit acts of violence against people of color. Um, And we obviously need to work on changing the system and not just changing the system to deal with gun violence in the way that uh, we're talking about at Parkland and at school shootings, but to change the system to deal with gun violence in terms of uh, law enforcement using force um, and deadly force against people of color that are unarmed. So while those two issues are different and they are separate, they also go hand in hand and they do need to be looked at together, uh, which goes to Stanley's larger point. Yeah, thank you for that, Alyssa. And before we go on break, just really quickly, um, we mentioned uh, Killer Mike's comments early in the show, and I just want to say, Killer Mike... And how he was defending the NRA. Remember Philando Castile, a black member of the NRA who was holding a gun and who was still shot dead. We're going on break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the delete Facebook movement. Shout out to Dara Kalima, who gave us a shout out on uh, Facebook. Actually, she gave you a shout out, Stanley. She really appreciated your comments. We're going on break. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Four for four, you Actually, know the rest. You know, we should make a whole rap about tacos and Taco Bell. Alyssa, <laughs> Alyssa you're the only one in this room that still eats Taco Bell. Seriously. <laughs> and take pride in that. Because if I did, I would not if, like say that if publicly. If I ate Taco Bell, I'd be in the bathroom like... All I'm saying <laughs> is that there's a lot of really good sexual innuendo that could go on with nacho cheese and tacos. When I stuff Ew. my rap inside I don't know, last week we were talking about, you know... Somebody wanting some cake. So <laughs> we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM. WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs and, of course, Selena Kelly Kapowski Hill. Cut your hair's a little poofy like Kelly Kapowski today. And if you That's just racist. tuned in, guys, we were having a conversation <laughs> about the March for Our Lives protest as well as Stephen Clark, a young man who was unarmed in his grandparents' backyard and shot by the police. What a surprise. We are now moving on to another travesty, Facebook. But because I don't read, Selena has to fill you in. Hit him. Thank you for that, Stanley. And also, thank you for playing one of the songs from the Wendy's mixtape, 444. I was literally listening and thinking, when she's talking about dripping sauce and you come and get that, I'm like, is she talking about hamburgers or her private parts like it, it was a lot for me so thank hey, you for playing that what Stanley. you know about that oh you know what six she nine, Selena. Six nine. Yeah. the rapper and shout out to his interview on the breakfast club he's but gonna get shot i hope not we yeah, pray he, not yeah, he, he's asking for it all right so we are gonna just move things along um so guys have you deleted your facebook accounts yet or at least are you considering it? And shout out to all the folks who are watching us right now via Facebook Live. But this is a real question for you. Are you thinking about deleting your Facebook page? And if not, maybe you should. So last week, the hashtag delete Facebook was trending on social media after it was discovered that there was a massive data breach where a pro-Trump company gained access to the accounts of 50 million people in order to swing the election in Trump's favor. favor. Now, Alyssa will give us a detailed breakdown of the breach in just a few moments. Obviously, this is a big deal, and now we're left questioning if our personal information is secure and if Facebook can be trusted. Now, although many people have deleted Facebook, including billionaire investor Elon Musk and the co-founder of WhatsApp, Brian Acton, we can't deny that Facebook is a pivotal part of our lives. 
It's a platform that allows us to express ourselves like Stanley does every hour on the hour. Uh, it allows us to share ideas and pictures. It allows us to connect with distant family and friends. On top of that, businesses, both big and small, like Let Your Voice Be Heard, depend on Facebook's reach in order to sell products and services. And shout out to Dharma Kalima, who tweeted us, and I quote, as an author, I too heavily rely on Facebook for book promotions to make that choice. So shout out to her. It looks like she will not be deleting Facebook. So for the remainder of the show, we're going to talk about this data breach as well as how this social media giant is a tool for progressive change. At the same time, it is used as a mechanism of hate, propaganda and surveillance. And it also makes us depressed. Now, Alyssa, tell us briefly what happened with the Cambria Analytical breach. It's Cambridge Analytica. But so here's what happened in brief. So. You obviously like to play games on Facebook, right? And no. some okay, maybe you don't. Um, but a lot of people like to play games on Facebook, and sometimes it's like you know that game that got in trouble on Snapchat. Like, would you rather punch this person or slap this person? Or you know, sometimes it's Candy Crush, and uh, you know, there's a variety of different games and apps that hook up with Facebook that are not created by Facebook. They are created by third-party web developing companies. And so when they create one of these third-party apps, um, in order for you to be able to link it up to Facebook. So for example, if you're playing Candy Crush and you want to be able to save your progress, you can link your Candy Crush game to your Facebook account um, and Facebook will save your progress. And the way that happens is by Facebook providing some of your personal data uh, to the company that creates this third-party app. Um, And so back in uh, 2014, 2015, um, and all the way leading up until pretty recently, about a year and a half ago or so, um, when Facebook actually made some security changes, um, when a third party uh, got access to your data because you downloaded their game or their app, um, they were able to not just access your name and your birth date and just some, you know, the public information on your Facebook profile, but also a lot of your private information as well, including information about your friends and their private information. So essentially what happened was this researcher came to Facebook. Uh, He said that he was working on a project as a grad student. He wanted to create an app. um, And Facebook said, okay, no problem, you know, just like any other third-party app. And he created this app that people interacted with. And as he created this app and people interacted with it, this app was able to collect their data. And that data was then turned over to this firm, Cambridge Analytica, which then used the data to figure out whether you were more inclined to be liberal or conservative so that they could target you with marketing and ads uh, to try and influence the way you vote or to figure out the way in which you might vote so that they could try and change your mind and get you to vote for somebody else or get you to stay home and not vote or get you to vote for a third party. Um, And they were essentially working on behalf of the Donald Trump campaign. Um, It's a lot more complicated than that. But in brief, that's what happened. Thank you for that, Alyssa. So first question, Stanley. What was your reaction to this data breach? And now, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Stanley has a huge and very loyal following on Facebook. Uh, Did the Stanley, are, are you kidding me? Like, your Facebook posts go off. They start, as you've said, race riots. People leave, like, dozens of comments, like, every time you post, or almost every time you post. So does this data breach make you want to delete your account? Uh, No. 
Facebook has been stealing our information for, for ages. There's nothing new about this. But are they stealing or are you giving it to them? That's a good question. And that's why there's always been that kind of like thin line of like, are they stealing or are you giving it to them? You, anytime you search something on Google, five minutes later, there's an ad for that thing on your Facebook page. What did you think was happening? So I'm not very surprised about this. It's kind of the thing that you... You, you almost inherently agree to when you create a profile with them and you use it actively. What I do have a problem with is Cambridge using that information to potentially help the orange man win an election. Well, hold that thought. Um, so Jackie Cohen, who is our beloved correspondent that could not be here, she actually just left a comment on our Facebook Live saying, and I quote, I'm thinking about deleting Facebook, but then how would I tune in to let your voice be heard when I'm not on it? Good you, question, Jackie. You can Jackie. find us on iTunes, Stitcher, um, iHeartRadio. She means live. You stream. In real time. You stream. We'll be doing um, Periscope very soon. You have plenty of ways to catch us. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I sort of have to agree with uh, the person who uh, was tweeting at us before. Uh, I think her name is Dara, which is I use Facebook for so many things. Um, number one, I, I mean, I run several fan pages. Obviously, we broadcast Facebook Live here, um, Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio. Um, I use it for, for political activism myself. But putting aside that part of it um since 2004 i have been essentially documenting my life and interacting and keeping in touch with friends and family through facebook um and so for me you know deleting facebook goes far deeper uh than just this question of like oh let's get rid of it it's like you know what about all my photos all my posts you know anybody i've ever interacted with it conversations i have i mean it's like it's my digital life and in some ways, I see Facebook deleting Facebook as a digital death. Mm. Um, but that said, you know, there also is a real question about privacy in this era. I mean, on some level, yes, I give Facebook some of my data. But that does not mean when I sign up to use Candy Crush, I want, you know, I understand Facebook may give them my birthday and my email address. But uh, that means I don't necessarily think Facebook is going to tell Candy Crush or allow Candy Crush to have access to literally every single thing that I like, every book I read, every song I listen to on Spotify. That just goes too far, and I think that's why people are so well, upset. Well, yeah, I think that it's a realization that not enough of us is paying attention to. Collecting data and data mining is a very common practice in the industry, but I think the fact that we know that this data that has always been collected, or at least for years, was actually used to manip manipulate a political election against someone like a huge, like a, a horrible, controversial figure, Donald Trump. But so I think that realization is what's waking people up. And I also wanted to mention that Facebook's business model, it is built on selling digital advertising and they get over, they get billions of dollars a year for this. Right. I mean, just to go back a half a second to your comment about, about the, the data being used um, to influence an election. I mean, just because it came, I mean, here's what you have to understand. Companies like Cambridge Analytica have been mining people for data for, you know, years and years and years. I mean, it's not like this is something new. Back in the 1950s, they would come around and make phone calls and ask you about your political stuff. Um, so, you know, on some level, there's always been political operatives that have mined data about people in order to use it to influence elections. And uh, so... I like I don't know really how I feel about that because I it's just like Facebook has made it so much easier for them to access that data. Um, and, and part of that data, we are volunteering. And so right. then we have to ask ourselves, like, you know, how much are we putting out there? And should we really be able to complain if we're the ones volunteering the information to begin with? I mean, we benefit directly from, on this show from the kind of data that Facebook allows mm -hmm. it for. When we promote the show and we pay for a sponsored ad, 
we can narrow it down like directly by race, age, and interest. And using that information, or sometimes even bouncing off the people who've already liked our fan page, we can tell Facebook to like to 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 like put our ad in front of people who are similar to the ones that already like our page. That that's pretty like you know we benefit from this. Right, it's a double conundrum, and I'm glad that Stanley um, mentioned that point. Great point to listen to you as well. So before we start to really dig into the detriment of Facebook, how it as uh, it hurts our lives and it can hurt society, um, I wanted to talk more about the. The good parts of Facebook, right? So uh, Alyssa mentioned that she runs the Facebook fan page, Politically Preposterous, which has how many followers right now, Alyssa? Uh, over 60,000. Over 60,000. And Alyssa actually uses Politically Preposterous as a tool for pro- progressive change. So, like, yeah. Um, if you, uh, so Stanley, and you as well, you have Facebook accounts that you use to uh, talk about progressive things, to talk about uh, equal rights for people who are queer, black people. You know, you keep using it. Talk about how the good part of Facebook. Well, I don't want to talk about those fan pages because, you know, Facebook algorithms make it so that only people who are in your echo chamber see your stuff. But I do want to talk about how without Facebook, I wouldn't be able to connect with half of my family. Mm. I grew up not knowing anyone from my from my dad's side of the family or my mom's side, just to be honest. And while I still don't know anyone from my mom's side of the family because, you know, I never had a relationship with her, I was able to meet all of my brothers and sisters and cousins and Dominica and St. Martin and, and, and France and in London because of Facebook. That would have never happened. I would never have that kind of connection with them at all if it weren't for that. I literally am able to keep in contact with those people because of Facebook and because of WhatsApp. And that is major. Absolutely. So, yeah, and, and I agree to that. I mean, um, yeah, Facebook has a lot of um, pros to it. Uh, in addition to that, uh, it's used as a tool for political activism. I mean, we've seen the students from Parkland. They actually use Facebook to mobilize uh, March for Our Lives. And then we've also seen Facebook be used for the teachers in West Virginia who organized a strike. So, yes, Facebook has a lot of advantages. We use it as well. But... It has a lot of negatives, and we're going to talk about that right after this break. Don't go anywhere. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Again, my name is Selena Hill. I'm here with my co-host Stanley Fritz and Alyssa Fuchs, and we're talking about that delete Facebook movement. So we talked about the positives. Obviously, it's a tool for political activism, for change. It connects us to family and friends, the ones we really don't want to talk to, but they still message us all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So let's talk about the negatives. Question, guys, what is the one biggest concern that you have about Facebook? The one. So as far as my activism goes, I, don't, I cannot trust Facebook, obviously, because they're a corporation. But Facebook has worked with Benjamin Netanyahu and his government to kick off pro-Palestine activists to delete their accounts. Um, the FBI is also working with Facebook to do the same thing to Black Lives Matter activists. And they, they do it with no explanation, with no like no kind of warning at all. They just take you off. And, you know, maybe it's because of my deep mistrust of the U.S. government and my deep dislike of the Netanyahu administration and all conservative far-right Israeli um, government officials, but I just don't see that as a good thing. Wow. Yeah, that that's pretty deep. Alyssa? 
Yeah, I'm not going to go that deep, um, <laughs> especially since uh, I, you know we none of those things have been able to. Well, I probably I believe some of them are probably happening. None of them have been verified because they're co- like completely verified and come out. They have been verified, Stanley. Yeah, the Israeli yeah. one has been verified. Okay. That was verified a couple of times. That w- okay, then that one was. But some of the other ones have not necessarily been. And you know, I like it so that we don't get sued. So uh, you know, we will say these things are alleged to have happened. Um, but I see the bigger problem about Facebook is just the proliferation of fake news and the echo chamber is like we no longer talk to each other Um, and so that leads us to a situation where either A, we're only talking to people in our own circles or B, we're talking past each other. Like for example, I have some friends in real life um, that are fiscally conservative. They're not racist. They didn't vote for Donald Trump. They may have voted for the libertarian candidate. Um, They believe in small government. They're in favors of black... uh, favor of Black Lives Matter. Um, They believe in same-sex marriage, but when it comes to taxes and, you know, other fiscal issues, we disagree. Now, I may from a political perspective, think that those policies are wrong, but that is irrelevant to the point I'm trying to make. The fact is, I can sit down with those people in real life and we can have a conversation and a debate and respect each other, even though we disagree and not curse at each other and not insult each other um, and, and, and have a respectful conversation where we can agree to disagree. Whereas on Facebook, that doesn't happen. It's like when I have people, as I said, I run this big page and that allows me to, to meet and uh, connect with and organize a lot of very progressive people. At the same time, it creates a situation where somebody who is conservative comes to my page and legitimately wants to have some kind of debate or conversation, notwithstanding the trolls, because we get those two, um, a lot of people on my page from the left just start demeaning them right away and cursing at them and calling them stupid. And, like, we can't have a conversation if that's going to happen. Um, And so I think it has amplified the most extreme voices on both sides of the aisle um, and has taken away from our ability to have real conversations about the issues. Yeah, no, you guys are absolutely right. Alyssa, Facebook is polarizing. Like Stanley said, it is definitely impeding on privacy and surveillance, and there's evidence behind that. On top of that, um, Facebook is being used as its tool for hate and propaganda. Uh, It's definitely a tool for cyberbullying, which has led a lot of young people to commit suicide. Uh, On a number, another negative is actually what uh, Jackie coined. Facebook regrets where, you know, you guys do something really stupid or and you happen to put it on Facebook so that the world can see. So just my entire account. Basically, Stanley. And on top of that, uh, Facebook, like Silicon Valley, is uh, notorious for having a lack of diversity amongst its employees, particularly black women. And it's a job destroyer for content creators like myself. So, like, funny or die. Yes, Stanley, go ahead, Alyssa. Well, I I will say the the flip side to that argument is that there are a lot of content creators that are now making money on Facebook, right? So it's like. But maybe not <laughs> us, but the, the point well, is... I didn't even like, argue it. Dang, in, some, in some ways, like, for every pro, there's a con, and for right. every con, there's a pro. And, like, where is the balance between those? Yeah, so basically what I was saying about how content creators are being affected, you guys remember Funny or Die? 
die. So yeah. there were um, there was actually a number of articles just talking about how uh, because of the algorithm on Facebook, um, they can no longer like support themselves. So they make this great content. They were putting it on the internet and they were putting it on Facebook. But Facebook, what it's been doing, it's becoming basically more business savvy. So it controls the algorithms. It controls what videos you see. So if you happen to put a link in your Facebook post so that people can watch more of those videos, Facebook will definitely try to hide it or minimize it so that most people won't see it. And instead, they'll stay on Facebook. Instead, what you have is you have these feeds on Facebook where they choose all the funny videos that you're going to watch and they choose everything that you're going to see. So what's happening, people are staying on Facebook. They're staying on Instagram. They're staying on Twitter. They're not really going to websites every single day. And as a result, um, because Funny or Die and other content creators had to pay to even get their stuff seen, Facebook is profiting off all those eyes that see it, and they're not heading back to those websites, and that's a big issue. Well, I think the, the piece that people are not realizing, the problem is not Facebook, it's capitalism. Because capitalism is what makes Facebook do this kind of thing, because right. their investors want to keep on making more and more money, so you have to find more and more ways to make money off of this program, this, this software that was supposed to be for people to connect. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And I just wanted to add, because I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, uh, Facebook, a lot of studies show that it causes addiction, depression, it promotes laziness, and it leads to healthy um, healthy comparisons. Like, how many times are you on Facebook or social media and you're looking at something and you're like, oh, my God, my life sucks. I've never been to Dubai or Tokyo. I'm not living my life. I think they call that FOMO. Yeah, never because I'm an adult. Well, so people compare. Me. Well, people actually compare. I know I, a lot of people that suffer from it. Maybe you don't, Stanley, but I know people. Uh, there's even a study that says when you compare uh, yourself even positively, it also has negative effects on your mental health. I just don't compare. Like, who cares? Well, well that's Stanley, just you, though. Yeah, that's you just you. That's just you. So we <laughs> talked about the positives, obviously, too, for political activism. We talked about the negatives, and I think I went through three, six, nine, about eight different things about how it's impacting society in Say our that lives. Say number again? Neg- like, about eight. You said three, six, nine? No, I was counting three, six. Nine, Dan, she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so the question is, what is the last question is what are what's the solution here right what changes do we want to see on facebook and you two both said that you're not going to delete facebook so what solutions do you want to see Alyssa? well i mean first i want to speak to the solution that facebook has already taken so in terms of the data breach uh, facebook put out a statement you can find it on uh mark zuckerberg's page we'll see if we can embed it with the podcast as well um where they've basically outlined that the the thing that led to the data breach um has been fixed um and that third-party apps are no longer able to access the amount of data they were able to access back when Cambridge Analytica uh, was able to access this data. So that's definitely a good thing. Um, But I also think, uh, you know, part of this is, uh, uh, for me... um, I agree. Facebook's really good and Facebook's really bad. Sometimes it's good to just get off Facebook and take a break. Sometimes people feel like they need to live their whole life through the lens of Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, when I was at the March for li- for Our Lives yesterday, and so that's how I'll loop this back around to the Parkland conversation, I took some videos and I tried to run a live stream on Facebook for a few minutes um, and I took some pictures that I intended to post to Facebook later when I got home and did. But After that, I signed out. I put my phone down and I wanted to experience the rally and the march through my eyes, not through the lens of a camera and through the lens of my social media. When I went home, I looked at 
all the tweets and things that were going on about Parkland. But while I was at the rally, I was there to experience it. I did not want to be staring at my phone the entire time. And I think the most important thing for each and every person is to find balance between social media and real life. Because at the end of the day, it's Facebook is great. Facebook can help you to organize a lot of political activism. But at some point, you have to take that activism offline and into the streets. And you can't do that if you're constantly staring at your phone. Stanley, 30 seconds. What is the answer here? There is no clear answer. There's some things they can do better, like regulations. Facebook knew for three years what Cambridge Analytica did. The only reason they're doing something now is because they got caught. Um, you, you want to solve the problem with Facebook, you have to address capitalism because that is the root cause of all this. As long as Facebook is under pressure to keep on making money for their shareholders, they will find a way to exploit your data. And it just is what it is. So we have to make a choice about what kind of country and people we want to be. And that will in turn dictate how Facebook moves. Stanley's right. The solution here, if you ask me, is not deleting Facebook. It's regulation. Like all businesses, Facebook needs to be regulated. Sure, you can abandon the social media site and stop communicating with millions of people and finding out what's going on in the world. Or what we could do is actually get smart about how this business and utility is being used. And also, I want to add, if we were to quit Facebook, it would just let Google and Twitter off the hook because it's not just Facebook. Twitter, Apple, Google, they are all built on this idea that if an individual puts data online, it is a commodity that can be mined and used without regulation. And that's why regulation is the answer. And also, I think we should take note of what's going on in Europe right now. In a few months, the General Data Protection Regulation Act will go into effect. Now, this law prioritizes user content and severely penalizes companies in breach of in breach of its mandates. So basically, that's a good start. Let us take this moment to not delete Facebook, but to self-regulate ourselves a little bit more and to think about what type of country we want to live in where businesses have free access to our information, but is it going to be used for good or for evil? And with that, I just want to thank everyone who watched us, ironically, via Facebook. Shout out to you guys. Everyone who tweeted us at BeHeard underscore radio and everyone who's listening live on WHCR 90.3 FM. We appreciate you guys. And, of course, if you want to continue to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, the best way you can do it is to actually go to Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com slash BeHeard underscore radio. Sign up to make a contribution. And by supporting us, we will support the issues and the ideas that are important to you on that note we have to say goodbye but happy sunday we'll see you in two weeks guys this is let your voice be heard Facebook.